0: I want to welcome you here this morning. We had a little crisp morning, but you know, it's going to warm up and be really nice today. So I just uh, know that our potluck dinner is really going to be good because I know these ladies really want to all out and fix something. And y'all don't know how much that uh, we appreciate all that you do. And uh, Pat over here, she's already told me, and y'all stay away from it. She fixed me a sugar-free peach cobbler. So it's hid and I love her peach cobblers. So I'm looking forward to getting over there. So we'll we'll try to cut this kind of short today. Uh but uh you know we're living here in a time Well, before I go on into that, I just want to say uh We've got some members here today. Dale, we, he lost his father, and we buried him Thursday. So, y'all keep Beverly and Dale in your prayers. Sue Sherwood lost a member, her and Curtis, and April, and Jay, and the rest of them, they lost a member of their family that was buried yesterday. So, y'all keep them in prayer Uh, some of the family I thought might be here to eat lunch with us but they live in New Mexico so they wanted to get an early start and they headed back because they needed to get home because they said they got to go to work tomorrow so before we do anything what I would like to do is I want to have a prayer for Dale and Beverly for their peace and their comfort. And then I want us to also pray for Sue's loved ones that's going back to New Mexico for God's hedge of protection around them for a good, safe journey back home. So could we go to prayer? Father God, we come into your presence, your loving presence. Lord, I just lift up Dale and Beverly to you this morning. Lord, we know that Dale's father is with you in heaven and he is rejoicing, Lord. Lord, he's not in that nursing home anymore. Lord, he's with you. He's free. He's clear. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no tears. Lord, there is no more death. Lord, it's over. He is free in you. And Lord, I know he is He is living such a blessed life right now. Thank you, Lord, for the life that you gave him while he was here. And Lord, for... For Sue's family, Lord, that's going back to New Mexico, we ask that you put your heads of protection around them. Give them a safe journey back home, Lord. And Lord, just let them know in their spirit that their loved one is also with you. And Lord, thank you for your love, for your comfort, and for the peace that you put in our heart when we turn everything over to you, knowing that. You're in total charge. You know everything. Lord, there's nothing that you do not know. So Lord, again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and all your comfort. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. But you know, it's going to be a pretty good trip back to New Mexico and then have to get up and go to work in the morning. So uh, I can understand that them wanting to get on the road and get back. But uh, the message I wanted to bring you today, and I think it's probably something that a number, or majority of us have gone through. When you first became a Christian, or a believer, when you first accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you got into church, you were serving God, you were serving Him with your heart, you loved Him, and everything. But as time went on... Did you have any problems with people making fun of you, laughing at you, persecuting you for becoming a Christian? Many of us have. You know, I still get it today. Hey, oh, you're one of them preachers. I said, Yes, and I'm proud of it. Amen. You know, and it's, it's just that, that, that some people, you know, the devil's out there and he's doing the work. He's doing everything he can to destroy your faith. Matter of fact, in John 10 10, it tells us, For Satan came but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his job. To kill, to steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your hope. He wants to steal your joy from you. That, that's what he wants to do. He wants to totally put you down. And he uses people out in this world to do that. We're going to look at some things this morning. The first scriptures I'm going to read right here. Paul has wrote this letter to the Christian people. They're new believers. Uh, and now they're starting to go through. A lot of persecution and a lot of problems. And some of them are even thinking now, is it worth what I'm going through to keep on serving Jesus? Is it worth it? For what I'm going through, I'm going to tell you right now, it is worth it. It is worth it. Because there's going to be an end time judgment. Just think, and I've mentioned this to some people that made their little sly remarks, you know, there's going to be a judgment. And we'll see what what takes place. We'll see who should be the happiest. You know, here you are, you're condemning me for serving a loving, merciful God. And yet, I'm going to be in heaven for all eternity. When when he judges you and your disbelief, where are you going to spend eternity I said, I'll tell you where you're going to spend eternity. You may not believe it. But you will spend eternity in a burning hell. And it, you know, and many people ask, and I've had them ask me, well if your God is so loving and so caring, why would he send somebody to hell? I just simply look at him and said, he didn't send anybody to hell. You sent yourself. That was your choice. He just honored your choice. You didn't want him. You rejected him. You rejected his son. So, you're telling God, God, I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't believe in you and I don't believe in your son. God said, well, the consequences of that is eternity in hell. You know, in John 3.17, it tells us, For I did not send my son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world. If you don't believe in him and accept him and love him, and serve him, He has no choice but to condemn you. He's given you every opportunity to say yes to Him. So now, the ball is in the court of the non-believer or those that uh, say, I don't know if there is a God. I don't know how we can look around at our lives and all the beauty and the things that's in this world and not believe there is a God. This wasn't a big bang. Well, maybe it was. Maybe God just said bang and it happened. But God created everything that is created. In the, in the Bible it says that the world was void. It was darkness. There was nothing here until God spoke it into existence. That's the power of a loving God that you serve. He simply has to open His mouth and speak it into existence. He created you. You were nothing but earth. You was earth. And He took a little pile of it, piled it up, and He breathed into it and gave you life. He breathed His own spirit into that pile of dirt and gave you life. The spirit that you have in you today is the breath of God. That's how you're living. Now, many people want to make fun of a Christian. You know, at first it kind of bothered me, but you know, it don't anymore. Actually, I feel sorry for the one making the fun. I do. Because I know they don't believe. And one of the things, I, I've even asked them, I said, you know, I know where you're headed right now. Would you let me pray for you? And they just kind of, well, I guess so. And i pray for them. I'm not going to condemn anybody because they don't believe. That's God's job. But I will tell them about God. I will tell them about His love, His mercy. All his goodness, what he wants to do in your life, if you'll just say yes to him. He said, "Well, Bill, how do you see? See, I have been there. I know. I've been, I have made fun of a Christians before, before I become one." I said, "What in the world are they doing? Why don't they just let me be? Why are they so concerned about me?" See, I didn't realize that they loved me. They wanted me to know about Jesus, and that should be our job—telling others about the love and the mercy and the grace of our loving God. If they don't want to believe it, that's up to them. But this letter—I'm going I'm to read it. It's First Peter, chapter four, verse one through five. Peter has written this and this is what he is telling these these, these people that are thinking about walking away from Christ because of the persecution or the things that they're going through right now. And believe me, you have not been through anything that Jesus went through. And he went through it and he stayed with it because of his love for you. In 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, it says, this is Paul speaking. He says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, He was in the flesh when He suffered. He came to be like you and me so that we could see what God was like. He said, Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. It tells us to have that same mind. Well, you know, even in the Bible, it tells us, to let the mind of Christ be in you. To think like Christ, act like Christ, be like Christ. This is For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. Now he's talking about us. We should no longer live the rest of our lives you know in the flesh but have that mind of Christ. It says uh, that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. Or let men govern us, tell us, or, or threaten us or to come against us because we know Jesus. It says, but to do the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have done the will of the Gentiles. Used to, we did what the world wanted us to do before we become Christians. We did what the world wanted us to do. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banqueting, and abominable idolatries. When we walked in lustful thoughts, when we walked in lust of seeing things that we wanted, that did right, was not ours, excess of wine, heavy drinking, revelings, arguing, quarreling, banqueting, partying, excessive partying and drinking again. And abominable idolatries. When we put things above God, do you people say I don't have idols in my life? Anything that you put above God is an idol to you. Anything that you worship more than God. You know, it's hard to believe, but many men worship things above God. Some some things they really like to do, they want to do, they will make a way to do that when they'll miss church. I was there. I know. I used to love the bass fish. Every Saturday, I would. Or Friday, for Usually on Fridays, I'd leave out. I wouldn't come back to Sunday night fishing tournaments and this and that. That, and I did not realize it, but that was a god to me. That's something I put above God. Something I put above church. Something that I put above everything. Anything that you put above God is an idol to you. You want that more than you want God. I see many empty pews here. I know some people are sick. But there's some out there doing other things when they should be in here worshiping God. You say, Bill, well, that's kind of rough. No, it's the truth. And I tell it to them to their face. God is such a loving God. He ought to be the first thing on our mind. When you get up in the morning... Now, one of the first things we do is drop to our knees and pray to God. God, thank you for what you're going to do in my life today. Lord, if there's somebody out there I need to speak to, put them in front of me. You know, that's one of my prayers. And many times I get a chance to say something to somebody, and you know something? Then every time they start the conversation, they ask me questions, which opens up the door for me to tell them about God, because that's what they're asking me about. And I know, well, wait a minute. They're talking to me. They're asking me a question about God, so they've got to be interested in this. And sometimes I may not like the answer I have to give them. But I tell them the truth. Because I want them to know the truth. I want them to know if you don't receive Jesus Christ into your life, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Now, that's something you enjoy telling somebody. But that's the truth, isn't it? That's the truth. So I'm being honest with them. I'm telling them what they have asked me. I've had one guy one time, he said, Bill, when I ask you something, you don't beat around the bush, you just tell me what the Bible says. I said, "Now, sometimes I'll always do it. If I don't have the answer right there, if you'll give me just a few minutes, I'll get my Bible and then I'll give you an answer. It's very important that we get into our Bibles and see what God wants to talk to us about. What He wants to tell us. God's got the answer for what you're going through right now. God's got the answer already. And He wants to share that with you. He don't want you to go... Somebody said, lay your burdens down. Give them to Him. Right now, there's people in here going through some things. And God says, give it to me. I'll take care of it for you. I'll take care of it. Trust me. Have faith in me. Hand them to me. I was talking to Ronda and, and, and Barry this morning Tell me I want them to do that song again before long. Speak to the mountain. I don't know if y'all saw it. I posted it back on Facebook. That song right there speaks so clearly to what we need to do. And if you shall have faith and not doubt, you can speak to this mountain and that mountain is going to have to move. If you just have the faith as that of a grain of mustard seed. And And a mustard seed is one of the very smallest seeds there is. But God says, I'll honor that. I'll honor it. When you come to me with true faith, I will honor it. When we come to God with true faith, he will honor it. In other words, you know, sometimes I think God says, I know you don't have just a whole lot of faith, but if you've got that faith of a mustard seed, at least you've given me something to work with. I can grow that faith. I can increase that faith. And God will. He will increase your faith. You know, the more you see God doing your life, when you ask Him something and He does, the more that faith of yours should grow and grow and grow. We should not be afraid to come to God and ask Him for anything. If it's important to us, it's important to God. Because He cares about you. He cares about you. Too many times we neglect God. We neglect God. And God's sitting on His throne up there saying, Hey, hey, why don't you bring that to me? Hey, tell me about that. Oh, I know about it, but I want you to come talk to me. I want you to tell me about what you're going through. I want you to tell me what you'd like to have me do. He said, I may not agree with it, I may not do it that way, but I will answer you. He said, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you did not know. Well, isn't that great when God even talks to you about things and gives you answers on something that you didn't even think about? That's what I love about getting downstairs and start studying. I have there's so much stuff that starts going through my mind. I know it's God. I know it's God. So I say, wait a minute, God, slow down. I can't keep up with what you're doing. But God wants to talk to each and every one of us. He wants to talk to each one. He does not want us to be ashamed of him and who he is. He wants us to serve him. You know, like I said, we have people out there that's going to make fun of the Christian people. They've done it ever since the beginning of time. It's not nothing new. It's not like you're experiencing something brand new that's never happened before. It happens every day. It happens every single day. You know... Like I said, Peter wrote this letter to the Christians who were being persecuted because of their faith. And these persecutions were causing some of them to question their faith in God and if they wanted to stay in the presence of God and serve Him. Am I going to keep going through things? Is this going to keep coming up against me? I don't know if I want to do this. I'll tell you what. God will give you the strength to go through whatever you've got to go through. If you're serving Him, He will give you the strength to go through whatever you need to go through. You're not going through it by yourself. Many people think, Lord, I am really struggling. No, you're not really struggling because God's right there with you. His hand is on you. He's walking with you. He knows what you're going through. You stay strong. You walk with God. You call on the name of God, and He will answer you. I promise you. He will. It may not be the answer you want, but He will answer you. Because what you're asking for may not be what God wants you to do. It may be not what God wants you to have. God's got a whole different plan. I know the thoughts that I have towards you. I know the things that I think about you. There are things to good, to help you. There are things to give you a hope. To give you an eternal end. God knows what you need. And God wants to give you that hope of who He is and Him living on the inside of you. And until you give God that opportunity to come in, you know, that's what we need to do. God, I know what I would like to do or what I think I'd like to do, but God, what is it you want me to do? God, could You guide me? Could You show me? Could You tell me what it is Your plan is for me? Just exactly when Jesus was in the garden before His crucifixion. What did He do? He said, He prayed. He prayed. He went out daily and prayed to His Father. But He was praying. He didn't tell God. He said, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. But however, not my will, but your will. He said, God, and many people thinking that that, that Jesus was refusing. He didn't want to go to the cross. Well, that had already been planned years and years ago of what he was going to do. No, that's not what Jesus was asking. When he said, deliver me from this cup. You know what Jesus was really truly asking? He was saying, God, Father, I have never been separate from you before. You've never turned your face away from me. And I know that, that when I go to that cross and you pour the sins of this world out on me, you're going to have to turn your face from me and not look at me, not hear me. Say, so God, I've never been out of your presence. I've never, you've never turned your face from me. You've always been there. You've always looked at me. But this time you've got to. Because you cannot look upon sin. And I understand. But God, it hurts so much. It hurts so much. And God said, I know, son. But it's just for a moment. Sometimes we go through things. We've got sin in our life. And if we have, if we continue to hold on to that sin, God has to turn His face from us. He can't look at us. He loves us. Just like He did His Son. But He can't look at us. We have to become pure. We have to to become clean. We have to say, Father, take this sin away. I don't want it. I want You. I don't want this sin. I want to serve You. I don't care what I have to go through out there in that world. People can say whatever they want to say. They can make fun of me. I don't care. But please, don't turn your face from me. Give me your strength. Give me your strength. Let me serve you. That's why every one of us should be praying that prayer. Father, not my will, but yours yours. God loves us. And he does not want to have to turn his face. But there's times he does. That's what repentance is. When we come to God and say, God, I made a mistake. I know it. I made a mistake. I know it. But Lord, I'm coming to you now asking for your forgiveness. I'm asking for your forgiveness to forgive me for that mistake. Let your son Jesus come. I want your son to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I want to serve him. I'll walk with him. I'll do whatever he wants me to do. Anybody ever pray that prayer? Anybody ever pray that prayer? Not my will, but yours. I think sometimes we need just to get alone with God. Lord, I've got so much on my heart. There's so much going through me right now. I need to talk with you. I need to talk to you. You know what you're going to hear? My child, I've been waiting for you to ask me this. I've been wanting you to come to me. I've been wanting you to ask me to have this conversation with you. I've got so much to tell you. I've got so much to say to you. Because I love you so much that you don't understand this. I know you don't understand the love I have for you. God's love is totally different from the love of man. God is a special love. God's love is the love of an almighty creator. The one who created you. Who put you together. Who made you. Who formed you. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you before I even built you. you don't know how much you mean to me. Because I saw you before you was ever born. I knew what I had in mind for you. And I knew exactly how you were going to act. And you proved yourselves right. But I love you. I love you. And I'm going to tell you something. My grace is greater than any sin that you have committed. I love you more than any sin you've committed. I'm ready to pour out my forgiveness upon you. And I'm ready to take you back to myself. To hold you. To love you. To let you feel my love. And you know one thing we have to do is come to God and be honest with that. He's waiting for you to come to him. It's just like that prodigal son. He went off. Many church members right now have just went off into the world. But you know God's standing there waiting for him to come back. He's waiting for him to come back. Just as he waited for his son to come back home. He said that the father would go out there and look down that road. Every moment he'd look down that road looking for that son to come back home. He said one day the father walked out there and he saw something. He said it was way off. But he said he knew it was his child. It was his son. He said he ran. He ran to meet his son. He threw his arms around that son and started kissing on that son's face. That son was trying to apologize. And the father was there and said, Welcome home, my son. Welcome home. Welcome home. Then he told that servant, Go kill the fatted calf. We're going to have such a celebration. My son was lost. But now he's found. Now he's found. He's back home. That's what I'm waiting for right now. That's what God's waiting for. It's for these people to come back home. They've gone away from God. Can you imagine the celebration and the joy that goes on when one of God's children comes back? Oh! You cannot imagine all the angels singing, all the music playing, and everything else that's going on in heaven. When that son walks in, and God says, yes, I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you. And God's still waiting for the rest of them to come home. He's still waiting. He's not giving up. He's not giving up. If you've got out there before, and you've got away from God, God says, I'm still here. Come home. Come to me. Let me put my arms around you. Let me hold you. I won't tell you how much I love you. I won't tell you how much I miss you. Don't ever think that God does not love you. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, or anything else. God says, Confess your sin before me. I will not hold it against you, and I will never remember it against you again. I'll forgive you, and I'll cast that sin as far as the east is from the west. I'll never bring it up to you again. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. That's God's love. That's God's love. And He wants to give it to each and every one of us. You know, I know there's times when I pray and I I think to myself, God, I'm not even worthy enough to even be in Your presence to talk to You. And It's just like, You're my child. You're my child. You can come to me anytime. Do I make mistakes? Yes, I do. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you. She tells me all the time. But God's ready to forgive us. He's ready to forgive us. He's ready to say, Hey, yeah, you made a little mistake there, but hey, we'll just forgive about it and we're going to move on. You're my child. You know, it's kind of like April sitting back there. If T makes a mistake, he messes up, she's not going to discard him. He comes to her. She's going to put her arms around him. She's going to hold him just as close and as tight as she can and say, I love you, T. I love you with everything that's in me. I forgive you. Let's start over. Let's start over. That's what God's telling us. Let's start over. Start over. You know, I've always heard that and I think I kind of understood it. I just thought about it right now. Have you ever come and said, boy, I wish I could get a do-over? You can with God. You can with God. You can get a do-over. Say, God, I need to start over. Well, let's start. Now's the time. I bet David's up there scratching his head because there's not one word here that I was supposed to do. <laughs> God just moved upon move and I don't know why. The thing, there's nothing here except that scripture there that I've talked about. I didn't know why I was going to say this. I didn't know why I was going to do it. But every time I tried to go to something else God would turn me away from it. He says, "No, I'm not through yet. I, I've learned not to argue with God. I've tried that, and it, believe me, I come out on the losing end every time." If you feel day. maybe you feel like you've disappointed God. That you want to do over. God says, I'll let you do that because I love you. I'll give you a do-over. We'll just start over and it's like nothing ever happened. You're mine. I'm not going to remember anything that you've done. It's gone. It's in the past. But we're going to start brand spanking you right now because you're my child. I know you don't understand my love. But just know how much I love you. Just know how much I love you. I'm going to ask a man to come up. If you're here today and you want to do over or you want to first start with God, I'll be down front. I'll pray with you. We have altars right up here if you would just like to come up and just speak to God from your heart. Whatever you want to say to Him. God says, whatever you want to say, I'll listen. He says, we're going to work things out and we're going to make things right. No. God's not disappointed in you. He knows what you were going to do before you ever did it. And sometimes He lets us do these things. Because sometimes when we do things on our own, we learn a lesson from them. Look at that prodigal son. Oh, I know why. I'm going to get away from the father. I'm going to go out and do things my way. Pretty soon he found out the father's way was the best way. Maybe some of you have found out the father's way is the best way. So I'm going to ask the man just to sing. And if you need to come to that altar or you just want to have a prayer, you, you you maybe something maybe you're feeling a little ill or something, you'd like to be prayed for. I've got my oil up here and I'll anoint you, and we'll pray. But whatever you need, God says, you bring it to me. Because I'm willing and able to take care of it. So if y'all would.